Hey, brand babies. This is the Brand Moss House podcast with your host, the ghetto country grandmother. In Brand Moss House, it's all about the business of one. It's a place where shiny object chasing solopreneurs who want a scalable brand can find some love. She's dedicated to nurturing them so they become brand leaders instead of being stuck as a brand. So come on in and hold on to your bourbon because grandma is about to spill the tea. Are you a solopreneur with branding questions? Do you have shiny object syndrome and want to do it all? Are you having a hard time connecting the dots of your life branded business? You said yes to any of these questions. GCB is inviting you to be a featured guest on an ABA or Ask Grandma Anything episode. This is like a free 45-minute brand coaching session, except it's shared with the world. If you want answers specific to your brand building journey, click the link in the description to apply. Hey, brand babies, it's your ghetto country grandmother, and I have a new house guest today. Yes, I do. I have my brother Wolf up in here. Okay. And Wolf is an amazing person. He's a fellow brand strategist and he is on this journey just like the rest of us are. He is a business of one right now, but I do think he does contract work with some people. He brings other people in, but y'all know I'm gonna let him introduce himself because I love to hear my people give their own hype. So come on, Wolf, introduce them and tell them what you do and how you do. Thank you. Thank you. So my name is Wolf. Uh, I'm an e-com strategist for food and beverage entrepreneurs, uh, specifically brands that I consider challenger brands. So folks that are trying to push the food culture forward a little bit, get us out of the um, hyper commercialized monoculture kind of system and get more into whole foods, regenerative agriculture um, and sourcing things locally, taking care of your employees, that sort of thing. So Wolf, are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? No, no. Okay, good, good, good. I thought I was going to like dislike you a little more. (laughs) No, no, no. I have meat with almost every meal. It's, I mean, and it's a, that's the thing about when you say like regenerative agriculture and sustainable, people are like, oh, Mm -hmm. so you're on those plant based foods and the replacements. And it's like, there's so much more to it than that. And even farmers, I don't know, there's, uh, Will Harris has been coming up from White Oak Pastures who does regenerative agriculture, meat, and poultry. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, it's a, it's a vast landscape. I didn't realize how big it was when I get into it, which is true for anything, but no, I'm not a vegan. I love so why, I why, had so why, burgers last night. why the food and beverage industry? Why that industry? It's, it's funny how the, the arc of life comes together. So I worked in restaurants out of college and I absolutely loved it. I went into the tech world and did that for a while. And then recently I took a trip to Italy and I experienced the Northern Italian food culture in Bologna, Italy. Mm -hmm. And I was just blown away. Like they take care of their farmers. Everything's locally sourced. You can't get a bad meal anywhere because there's such a deep respect from the ground to the table of what they serve and how they serve it. And then I came back to Chicago after that trip, just completely (laughs) mind blown. And I was like mad. I couldn't eat for a few days because I was so used to like this amazing food and then I came back here to like burgers and pizza and I love burgers and pizza, but it took me a while to be, to accept that I just can't have the same, the same standard here. Wow. And then in my brain, I'm thinking, all right, well, how do we change that? And to me, there's a lot of awesome work happening out here that the people doing the work don't know how to communicate, especially online, but they don't know how to brand themselves. They don't know how to sell themselves and like help people understand what differentiates them. So I saw an opportunity and I'm thinking, all right. I want to be able to go to the grocery store and get amazing produce and meat 
no questions asked. I don't have to worry if it was raised in a cage. I don't have to think of like, it's just high standard everywhere. If I can yeah. help America get anything close to that, I call my life complete. So is this something that, is it just on the smaller and more independent stores? Or do you think this is something that's going to go into major uh, grocery chains? Or do you think they even well, give a fuck? <laughs> they don't they they honestly don't and that's part of the thing right because you had whole foods coming up and when whole foods was coming up it was fantastic and then jeff bezos gets his hands into it and then they're like no we need efficiency over everything and that will harris i mentioned white oak pasture he's like one of the um leaders in the industry and they've been scaling him out of his stores slowly but surely because you oh, can like yeah. get a you know the greenwashing term like grass-fed yeah. beef means that yeah. it ate grass at some point in its life so like Whole Foods is selling the same kind of bullshit you can get at a Jewel Osco or like a local grocery store, but they're calling it regenerative green, whatever. So oh, that's some fuck shit. big scale. They fuck it up every time. That's that's kind of that's the challenge of it. So then what do you what do you offer these these who are in that in that space and in that place? How do you help them set themselves apart? Yeah, so. The way I'm approaching, and this is still very much in testing, I haven't validated that enough people want to pay good enough money to make this sustainable, but mm -hmm. I'm looking at direct to consumer, right? So if you think about like a, a local farm that's growing produce a hundred miles outside of your city, they can do CSAs, farm share boxes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they can kind of skip the fight for the grocery store shelves or getting priced out by the massive monoculture farmers. So I'm trying to help these smaller food, either cooperatives or smaller farm owners build up a, a web presence where they can ship directly to consumers or they can be part of other programs that ship directly to consumers and kind of cut out the middleman, cut out the grocery store. Um, I haven't sold branding to any of these people yet, and that's a hard sell. And I wanted to ask you about that a little bit, too, because it's like okay. people in food culture. I don't think they think about branding a lot. They're like, they I got do not food. They do not. They think it's all about the food coming from a restaurant background. Yeah. Um, even with us, when we started out, it was it was about taking a great picture of the brisket because Neil is a brisket mm. fiend. He was always trying to perfect his brisket from competition days to the last day we closed. It was always about the perfect brisket. Mm -hmm. personally i'm a rib person but that's that's a different story because mm -hmm. ribs just do not come across well in, in food shots but it is people think it's all about the food and the more i got into the restaurant culture the more i realized i'm sorry y'all i love y'all to pieces but most cooks cooks who own their restaurants they're arrogant as fuck about their food it's like they don't come here for nothing else but my stuff my, they think their stuff tastes great mm -hmm. and so um there's this whole thing around not being able to actually have a brand you have a concept and you have food and that's all you think you need to open a restaurant yeah. and so there's this whole fuckery around the the, the thin profit margin of restaurants mm -hmm. and that's because independent restaurants are trying to compete with these bigger chains and i'm about mm -hmm. to go off on a tangent because it's supposed to be about branding i don't know <laughs> but but because these independent restaurants and hamburger stands are on every corner certain restaurants who qualify to have better pricing or higher pricing or premium. I don't give a fuck what kind of pricing you call it. Who should be charging more for their food? Yes, it would hurt my pocket and my heart, but I believe they should raise their their rates. They should mm -hmm. raise their menu prices. Mm -hmm. But you have to build something behind that other than just some fucking food. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I can make a burger at home. I don't care if you got your own special seasoning blends. I'm happy with some lorries and some, some garlic, salt, and pepper, and I'm good to go. Unlike my <laughs> husband, who oh, spices are falling out the cabinet. But anyway, um, trying to get into that market, it is very tough because they yeah. do have that, what they call the, dim, the thin profit margin. I don't know mm -hmm. how it is for grocery train grocery mm. chains but i'm assuming there's a similar because they're operating on volume so yeah. to get them to see the value of um of do doing something around their branding that is not visual and getting people to understand that brand strategy brand strategy is everything that you need before you get to the visual part and helping mm. people to realize that and so is it's with the understanding i don't want to sell somebody a six-figure dream I don't want to promise you a million dollars. Yes, it's possible and it's doable, but I don't want to make you that promise because I don't, I don't know if you're going to put in that work. Yeah. So when you're out here approaching certain people within the industry, it's like, okay, what are you doing right now? Where are you, we have to find out where your money is. Because mm -hmm. if you talk to a restaurant consultant, restaurant consultants are always like, how can we reduce cost? That's their big go-to. We're going to cut labor costs. We're going to cut waste. We're always cutting things. They seldom talk about raising prices. Mm -hmm. And then the, the you know, I'm, I'm going to get off that train because this <laughs> will end up being a food conversation and not a branding conversation because it pisses yeah. me off. And yeah. not, it is what pushed me into brand strategy because when I saw all the restaurants closing during the pandemic and the disloyalty there, when yeah. all these independents are closing, but you guys have these drive-through lines hanging out the parking lot and down the street to go into some fucking McDonald's. It pissed me the fuck off. And yeah. so there's, there's, there is a need for branding in this industry, but it's like, it's like you said, getting them to see that value is going to take a lot of conversations. And mm -hmm. I think, especially listening to you talk now, I think hearing you talk about this and the need for branding in this area and, and helping them to understand what it means to build a brand around that, to have people to become loyal to you and not to the grocery stores or the chains and all the different things that are out there. Fuck, um, what is it? Uh, what did you say? Bristol Farms? Not Bristol Farms. What store did you say? Whole Foods? Uh, Whole Foods, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> because it's, it's they they don't give a shit because it is a big ass conglomerate. And what I tell mm -hmm. people, I is we're living in a time where it should be more, little bank takes big bank. And there was, there was a time, and I talk about this, when we used to talk about the game that we played as kids, because we was broke-ass kids, so we prayed, uh, big bank, take little bank. If you got less money than me, then I'm taking your money. Mm -hmm. But because, <laughs> because independent stores and independent businesses are run by individuals, these individuals have the opportunity to build that relationship moreover than some big-ass conglomerate, because they are more beholden to their stakeholders than they are to you as a customer. They are more beholden to the customer than they are the employees because they will throw their their employees under the bus for a customer mm -hmm. because that's bringing in the money because it goes back to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So you being that that brand strategist around this, talking about the different ways that that branding can impact the the industry, and especially mm -hmm. and I know you're a sustainability person, so mm -hmm. it's like okay, can we sustain some more money within this thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. A hundred percent. Sustainability has many flavors, aka staying yeah. in business, building yeah. a sustainable ability to stay in store. Yeah. Keep paying your employees. Yeah, a hundred percent. So if you if you were to if you were to talk about this on a branding level, how do you think you would talk about it? 
If you are trying to talk to someone, not convince them, not conjole them, not manipulate them. But if you were going to talk to someone about branding something in this arena, how would you do it? I mean, I think I tend to lean into examples of what's worked, right? So like I jumped to a Trader Joe's. It's like Trader Joe's didn't start out as Target's Trader Joe's. It started off with a community, a sense of community. It started off with a very targeted list of ingredients. It was very clear about what it sold and who it sold to. And it grew organically from there. It's like, you know what you're going to get when you walk into Trader Joe's. You're going to get friendly people in Hawaiian t-shirts. You're going to get all <laughs> of the labels look like they're like old farm style labels. Mm-hmm. And that's what it became over time because Target realized that like, if we keep this, this is what makes this thing special because Target understands branding yeah. and then they scaled it to a huge business. But it's, yeah. it starts with that nugget of who do we serve and how do we show up every day? And if you understand how to build that and find the right people around that, they're just going to keep coming back because they don't want to go to a Jewel Osco where like you're going to get some random person at the checkout who has no idea what's in your store or at a restaurant. You're going to go sit down and like, you know, there's this cafe here called Lula Cafe and it's like a farm to table innovator in the space. People are paying $40 a plate over there because they know the chef has been saying the same thing for 20 years. He's getting fresh produce from the farmer's market every week. It's like the consistency and communicating the why of what you're doing needs to happen. If you want people to be totally faithful, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what position do you think you could take within the industry? Like as a brand strategist within that industry, where do you Mm. think you could stand to, to amplify a voice around that? I'm still figuring that part out. I have no idea. Okay. Then here's my thing. Being that, that you speak the language and you understand it to, because just listening to you in the beginning, there's, there's a level of education there that I do not have around this whole thing and regenerative. See, I can't even say it. Regenerative. Regenerative, regenerative (laughs) agriculture. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it up a word. (laughs) But maybe, maybe your thing is to start giving a voice to that. And because I know I follow you on Instagram and I see you, you do your morning walks and all of that kind of stuff. But maybe mm-hmm. you need to to create a platform like this where you start talking about that and giving out information on how to brand better within this industry yeah. and and just let them know that there's more to what you're doing than than cutting prices and all of this and trying to compete with these big government entities or these big chain markets. But being able to be that voice around this is what it looks like to brand a thing. And mm-hmm. you you brought up this particular restaurant near you, this cafe, and people are paying this, that he's a prime example. And I'm pretty sure you have others. So also being able to interview them and have them talk about what it is that they believe around this arena and the sustainability of it all. Being that brand strategist voice, I think it needs to be magnified. And so to help these, because the thing that we have to do, I feel like there's a certain obligation there for both you and I, because like I say, I focus on solopreneurs, but you focusing on this industry, um, there needs to be people talking about how do they build the brand so that they can create the loyalty, the brand equity, so that they're not necessarily competing with these big ass stores, but they're still making their fucking money. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to compete with them. You don't have to discount your prices because they can undercut you. Let the motherfuckers undercut you because that is that affects their stock market prices and all that other stuff that it trickles down. Mm-hmm. And then trust and believe as soon as those businesses get successful, 
those are the same bastards that are going to come in and say, oh, we'll buy you out. We'll give you a whole lot of money because they want to buy it because they're losing market share. Every time. Anytime you start making a difference, they want to buy it, even if they don't do anything but sit it on a shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of been a, it's, we can talk brand and I'm known in like our circles a little bit as a brand strategist guy, but I've come from e-commerce and tech, right? My title mm -hmm. was a product manager in my last corporate job. And it was like uh, making that shift from being known as the e-com data integrations guy to the brand strategist guy. It's, it's been easy when you jump into a new community, but I still have the whole last 29 years of shit on my brain that I like need to keep on fighting myself out of and being like, no, I'm more than just an integrations guy. I'm more than just a data guy. I can do the brand thing. I get this. And yes. so that's, that's another leap that I'm trying to make. You right saw now. me jump off the cliff for the restaurant, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. It's still, it's still in there, but it's with the understanding that um, it's not saying that you have to give that up, but, and people still mm -hmm. know you for that thing. And especially yeah. um, like when you're married to the barbecue dude, and mm. stuff so it's always in my house and it's never going to leave so it's always a constant for me but like i said i i i decided to go in on solopreneurs because not enough information is um told to them about how they build their business and their brand it's yeah go get an lsc and your ein and yeah oh make me want to punch somebody in the face <laughs> but but then part of being known for this new thing for this new industry i think you have to be more vocal about it and whether it's just doing a 10 or 15 minute, because like I said, I see you on the walks in the morning with the dog and all of that kind of stuff. But maybe it's something that you turn into, you rip some of that stuff off because you you have the audio around something about how do you brand this thing? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you you have longer versions where you go in and you see people who are actually making money while being sustainable by, re, um, by using this regenerative... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> See, this is <laughs> I can tear up some language, I promise you. <laughs> but <laughs> we need to we need to rebrand the word regenerative because it shouldn't Thank be that hard to say. So if it's too hard to say, we need a different word. That's how you I feel what? about that. And that's just it might just be my old ass tongue. This is 57 <laughs> years of talking. <laughs> <sighs> but I would love to see you become the voice around this and how mm -hmm. these 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 companies will go from businesses to brands. Yeah. It's like you need to establish the brand of the thing that you're building. You need to stand ten toes down and and you know take root, so to speak. Instead of being that. pushed around by all of these other bigger companies, stop letting them dominate you. It's not so much, like I said, it's not about competing with them. I but competing. I took competing out of my agenda. When mm -hmm. when going through all the different courses that I've gone through and, and understanding brand strategy, I know they do competitive analysis. I ain't trying mm -hmm. to compare shit. It it it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so when these people understand and these the the especially the owners understand how they can build loyalty to their thing. And it could be generational loyalty. Because if somebody starts coming to your farm to pick up their own stuff and they're bringing their kids, then their kids get to be part of that conversation and it grows from there. So it's, it's, I think you have a responsibility to be that voice. 
I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I love that. And I will say you, as far as just your, your note about competitive there, I don't think you really compete anyway. Cause I remember the first time I came into a future pro call, I think this was like March of last year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you come from like Christo who has like the kind of street designer vibe. He's very like high fashion, but in a low key way. And it's mm-hmm. like, he has his whole, he has his whole persona. And I come into the future pro group expecting a bunch of these kind of like artsy designer types. And on the first call, I see ghetto country brand mother and a lady with a cigar in her hand and a bright red jacket. And I'm just like, oh, who's that? Who is brand mother? And it's like, no, first thing I notice is you sitting there on the call and I'm like, okay, that's, that's, she knows what she's doing, right? This is somebody who is well branded a hundred percent. There's no fucking around with that. And, and it, and more of it comes from my previous business than it does from my education. Like I said, mm. I wanted to understand branding better, but like I pushed, I advocate for people not being a brand. And mm-hmm. I do that because I know what it was when I was one in my previous business, how no one ever let me be anything else. I was always Mrs. Mista. All you could ever talk to me about was barbecue and all that shit. It's like, I have, I'm more than that. And I'm actually, I, I just, people are surprised that in crowded places, I'm usually one of the quietest people until mm. somebody's like, you're going to talk to me. We're going to have a conversation and people get sucked in because I'm like, baby, why are you sitting here staring at me? You want to be part of this conversation? And it just goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. it's, it's with the understanding that if you take on this mantle, sweetie, you're going to have to carry the mantle for a while by yourself. Because yeah. they need to understand. It's like, he's been talking this shit all this time. Let me finally go and listen to him. And so when you present yourself as that person that wants to see this, this industry change and to see that these farmers and these local stores and so forth, not give in to the pressure of people coming in. Cause this is what people will do. And y'all know, y'all, y'all know I'm talking about all of y'all, but they come in and it's like, well, this is not whole foods, bitch. I never said it was. Yeah. I, I never said I was Whole Foods. You came in here comparing me to Whole Foods. I'm not doing that. I got my own two legs to stand on. I got my own 10 toes down in this shit. Yeah. So getting people to understand that instead of you're comparing me to somebody else doesn't mean that I have to. If you mm-hmm. want to compare me, like I, when I talk about my personal brand, as far as the ghetto country grandmother, when I say that, you know what, it's actually something that it's an asset that I can sell. If somebody thinks that they can step into these shoes. But if you can't, then the ghetto country grandmother is gone when I'm gone. But grandma's house will live on the way that I plan to grow and scale it. So those are two different things. I get to maintain my personal brand, but grandma's house gets to go and do its thing. Yeah. And so, like I say, with you being this, 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 what do we call you? The philosophy? What Brand philosopher. Brand philosopher. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you being the brand philosopher and so forth and making that that stand for this sustainability and this regenerative I'm going to get that fucking word. I promise you I am. I'm going to practice it and I'm going to do a whole episode. (laughs) But this whole regeneration, I can say that word. (laughs) Um, This whole regeneration around that thing. But even reinvigorating that this particular thing. Because Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that these people have been around a lot longer than these bigger stores. They -hmm. just have more money to throw at it. And like I said, the, the, the sad part about it is that 
as these businesses grow, as you help them grow, as you help them brand and create that loyalty around it and create that brand equity around it, these bigger companies are going to come along and want to buy it up. And because people are tired of working hard and all that stuff as they, they are prone to do now, people will sell because it is hard to turn down millions of dollars. I get that. Mm-hmm. When, when we were approached about, when we talked about closing our business and we were approached about selling it, I just kept saying no. And so um, our employees like, well, what if they offer you so-and-so millions of dollars? I'm like, it's still no for me. And my husband like the fuck it is. <laughs> but that's because I was looking at Big Misses as something that was very personal. It was very, mm-hmm. very personal to me. Mm-hmm. It started at my dining room table. The fact that it grew into this big ass thing and all of that kind of stuff, it was still very personal to me. Um, but helping people to get to that level, if they want to sell, you know what, there's nothing you can do about that. But it's still with the understanding that learn to negotiate. That's the other thing. If you're going to sell it, you can set certain standards in place that they cannot change your shit. You mm-hmm. cannot fold it into your bigger company. You cannot sit it up on a shelf. And then you find out where this is truly going because they 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 expect you to back down because you're smaller. And then they'll threaten to crush you because you're smaller. Oh, well, we'll run you out of business and all that stuff. Go ahead and try. But if the brand has done its job, if the loyalty is there, you can't crush that shit because the people who are loyal to that thing will come for your ass no matter how big you are. We have yeah. seen all of these different things on social media, excuse me, on social media where somebody will post a tweet, go find this person. And how often have people ratted out somebody? And so when social media, when you have that social media backing and all these people that are for you coming at these big companies, like, you know what you need to back the fuck up. That's what you're trying to build. Don't come for our local people. We got them. Yeah. And so it, it needs to be a thing. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. And that's, uh, you raised another interesting point because you had mentioned um, how your brand was so personal to you, right? Because it started at your kitchen table. And I'm mm-hmm. finding that a lot of people in this industry, it's their their business is their life and their life is their business. And there's no there's no separation. Yeah. And that becomes tricky when you're trying to to coach someone on branding or communicating to your target audience. And it doesn't align with who they are as a person, then there's like this clash. Right. Yeah. And I think that's true for all business owners and something. That's why I kind of love your message so much about you are not your brand. Cause it's mm-hmm. so easy for us to just become so deeply entwined with what we're doing and feel like everything we do is a representation of our brand. Yeah. And it, and it, it strength, it cuts us off from being able to do business the right way. This is, I learned this lesson in my last job. I got way too attached to the company I was working for. And at the end of the day, when companies get successful, they're about their money. They're not about who you are. They don't care about your individual life. And it's like, I need to stay focused on building my business that way. But I'm also, I have to help folks build their own businesses that way, where it's, this is a business, it sustains you, but you can't make it a reflection of you. It has to be yep. its own thing. It has to speak to your target audience, not to what you want in a store necessarily every time. That's a very tricky line. Yeah, but that's why I, I what I learned and what I now do is still a similar framework, but it's not the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like where people, companies talk about purpose, vision, mission, and values. I talk about mm-hmm. the code, your mm-hmm. DNA code. 
what are you contemplating? What are you, what are your objectives? What are you dedicated to? And how are you going to be ethical in your shit? So if we understand this code and this becomes part of your core, sweetie, there is, and this is why my personal brand is over here. Grandma's house is over here. I maintain this shit right here. This is me. This is not all of me, but ghetto country. This is me, but grandma's house, everybody in their mama can have a piece of that. You could talk about it. You can represent it. You can do your thing with it. And so that belongs to them. You made that for them. You made this brand and the things that it stands for. So when you, when you're, when you're being that personal brand, when you're being the face of your company, like you, you being the face of your company, Wolf mm-hmm. is Wolf feasting the thing now. Is that what we're going with? That's, that's my Instagram handle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the company is feasting. And then on Instagram, I'm Wolf underscore. Feasting. Okay. All right. So if feasting is the, is the, is the business brand. If wolf feasting over here, if that's your personal brand, then there are certain values and different things that come to light. And there are certain ones that that stem from you that goes into the business brand. Mm-hmm. And so when you're over here and you're talking to someone, you're representing the business, because especially if you plan to grow and scale that thing, you need them to go into the business. You can't have them totally rely on you because at some point you want to start separating yourself. Yeah, You want to stop doing all the work because you want to hire. Yeah. And so you have to learn to endorse that business and get other people to see it for the business that it is and not for me. I am one of my employees right now. That's what I am. I'm an employee of my business. So when I hire another employee, you know what? You can go talk to them just like you can talk to me. But now I've gone from employee to being the the, the leader of this thing. Hmm. So when, you, when you're out here and you're representing, you're not representing yourself. You're representing work that needs to be done. You're representing feasting. And so it's not about you anymore. And the same will go for your clients. Yes, I know this is personal. You dig in here with your own two hands, but that has nothing to do with, it does not take anything away from that, but you have to put this over here to this brand so that it can amplify Mm -hmm. so that other people can sing that same song. They could go out with your tagline. They can have your shirt on because they want to represent because they got mad respect for you. So when people walking around with a full a wolf feasting shirt on, they are representing. You know, we down with wolf because he's all about that sustainability and that regeneration shit that I, that that <laughs> ghetto country grandmother can't say. <laughs> mm. But you get to be that representative of this yeah. business brand over here. All the things that are wrapped up in this, you're just a smaller version of that. Mm. Because just as you grow and higher. Everyone that comes into your business is not going to be a full reflection of the brand that you built, but they are going to be some some small version of it. And yeah. you're no different. So trying to take on the mantle of being a whole ass brand, that's just too fucking much weight to carry. That's pretty take big. it off. <laughs> this is when I when I get done in ghetto country grandmother, I'm going to go sit down. I might talk to my husband and my child. I'll go pour me a bourbon. Mm-hmm. When I get done with this, I'm going to the back porch and smoke a cigar. Mm-hmm. That's that's my plan. That's me being Phyllis. But there, <clears throat> excuse me. Someone, um, someone was asking like, how much how much of my personal is in this? Trust mm-hmm. and believe. What you guys see as ghetto country grandmother is not nearly all of who I am. It's not. But there are certain things that I don't want people to ever try and use as a weapon. So those are some of the things I bring to the forefront. 
when I write, I write very corporate. I've had a corporate career for, I started working when I was 16. I've never had a, a, um, a restaurant job or a grocery store job. I've been working in an office from since I was 16 years old. So mm-hmm. I write very corporate, but when I write for, for grandma's house now, sweetie, I have to make sure that my colloquialism, see, I can say that fucking word, my colloquialism <laughs> <laughs> shows up in my writing and not my corporate because it they're they're not one and the same and then the fact that i vibe through the 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 brand archetypes that i've established i'm a i'm a a rebel caregiver i know that about me Mm -hmm. and i know what that means so i know how to speak that language i also know that my my um, the people that i serve my clients are explorer rebels and if you get even deeper they're seeker mavericks Mm. so i know that about them so i know how to speak that language and it's using those words and have tapping into that emotional side of that so that I so that they understand that and so that they understand me, regardless of how many F-bombs I drop. Yeah. And so you, like I said, you becoming that voice and you wrapped around this industry, the people that you serve, if I was going to say anything, they are lover brands because mm-hmm. it, it comes down to this, this romantic notion of I'm doing this thing. And people think of lover brands as everything that has to be sweet and sexy and all. No, sweetie's talking about the things that you love. And then they could even be caregiver lovers because they care so much about this thing that they're willing to, you know what? I'm not giving up my farm. I'm not giving, there's some care there. So if you're able to identify those things and then now you understand them a little deeper than you would if you did, if you actually talk to people, but now you're talking the language. So they might be open to talk to you. Because yeah. you've tapped in emotionally. Yeah. So it's it's a matter of getting to that deep version of how do you want this thing to go? And who are you talking to? Client avatars, I get it. I get it. Okay. But having a client avatar versus where they sit in the in the target market of it all. Okay, do you know that part? But if you get to the if you get to the thing of this is who I want to serve and you start looking at the common themes of all these people that are doing the sustainable thing. Mm. You might find that that I could be wrong. They might not be lovers. They could be straight up rebels. Fuck a supermarket. We're going to stay local right here. <laughs> they could be straight yeah. up rebels. You never know. Yeah. yeah. But if you can identify a common thread, got common thread and tie them to an archetype, trust and believe, change your language and you're going to fucking find them. And so I'm curious, what what's that exploration been like for you? I think maybe this will be useful to the listeners too. It's like, I've found that I'm, as I'm trying to find this voice, this connection, the only way I can do it is just by putting stuff out there and getting response and seeing what happens back. Like okay. I can't craft it and just study it. I just need to keep on running my mouth and seeing what people say in response and what hits and what doesn't. So like, what's what's the exploration been like for you finding your voice and connecting that with your ideal client? Believe it or not, because I am more comfortable being behind the scenes, branding mm. helped me find my voice. Mm. And it was in studying branding and, and especially not so much personal branding, but just understanding um, <clears throat> the depth to which branding can go mm-hmm. and how is actually when finding out that, that what we know, what we think we know about ourselves is so limited because we actually make a decision to buy shit 
before we actually think we made a decision to buy shit. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And people think, oh, well, they, they think they've been convinced. No, you convinced yourself before they did. Because half the time, if there's something that you do not want to listen to, you will not listen to it. Even if it is so on point for you, I'm tuning it out. Yep. And so there's there's the, the having that understanding of that and understanding that that there's there's neuroscience behind this. And this is the thing, mm -hmm. because these big ass companies went and did all the research and found that shit out. Now I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and actually, I'm a bit more cautious when I shop. It's like, oh, do I really want this shit or is this mm -hmm. just my emotions kicking in? <laughs> yep. 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 But there's there, like I say, I'm emotionally tied to Apple. I will probably be an Apple head the rest of my life. Mm. But and so if I can endorse Apple and feel that way about Apple, why can't somebody feel that way about my brand? And it does not require me to be a people pleaser because fuck that shit too. Most most brand building is built around the customer. So what they want you to do is like, you know what, let's go interview your audience, let's go do surveys, let's have a conversation and all this stuff and find out what they want. Fuck what they want. I know what I have. Yeah. This is what I offer. I don't want to fit into the box of what they want because now they have control. This is my business. Mm -hmm. So, but trust and believe, once they become my client, they are going to get all of me. It is not just about brand strategy. Like I said, I've done a whole lot of shit. I know how to do taxes. I've read invoices. I've read contracts. I hired my daughter. I know how to hire kids and make it legal, but they had to be your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I recently discovered I'm a content writer. Not because yeah. I never, I never even knew that there was a difference between copywriting and content writing. But I'm a content mm. writer because when when I was doing business coaching, my clients would say they need something. You know what? I will go out and make make a fucking book. Mm -hmm. I will create a guidebook. It's like, okay, we're going to, as we do this work, we're going to go through this guidebook. But then I also write. I have several books people don't even know about. Mm -hmm. So it's with the understanding that they may, that, that's what I'm saying. That's all Phyllis. That's all Phyllis. But the business side is only the part that, that gets to show up here as a ghetto country grandmother. So as you begin to, to explore, like I said, stand 10 toes down where you are. And then find out who's attracted instead of going out and chasing these people. There are certain people out here in these stores and in these in these in this industry that you want to tap into that are going to be attracted to the brand that you build, mm -hmm. personal and professional. So if you understand that, it's like, OK, I need to know who's attracted to me and why. And if you understand that, like I said, now attach that shit to an archetype. And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know how to, they, they think they know how archetypes work, but trust and believe it's a lot more complicated than you think, especially when you do the crazy shit that I do. <laughs> but it's, it's with the understanding that who's attracted to me and me as a person. Okay. Now what parts of that? That's, that's the part that you bring to the brand. You don't bring all the rest of it. Yes. We have flaws and crazy and all this other stuff, but there are certain things that people are attracted to. And so if you're trying to attract them, make that part of your personal brand. But yeah. then that personal brand needs to endorse the business. Don't pitch it. Don't sell it. Endorse it like you would anything else you would endorse. For sure. These are my favorite shoes. I mean, I have a favorite designer that most people don't know about. I love me some Rachel Pally. And I love her because I am 6'1". And she is the only person I have ever found that my dresses drag the floor on. Because she, <laughs> she makes the maxi dresses. My cousin is constantly on me to hem my dresses because they're dragging the floor. Fuck you. Do you I'm, it took me 40 40 something years to find this woman and she makes dresses long enough for me. 
love me some Rachel Pally. And I told her, I told mm. her mama, because I used to go to her warehouse sales because their dress was kind of expensive for my taste. But mm-hmm. I go to the warehouse sale and her parents work there. And I told him, I promise you, when I make it big, my closet ain't going to be nothing but Rachel Pally. Seriously. Because there's yes, a certain ma'am. feeling in that. And I could talk about the emotional attachment and how feminine they make me feel and all of this kind of stuff because there's an emotional attachment. Yeah. yeah. So p- people will, will build an emotional attachment to you, but you can't let it settle there. You have to push that over into the business. Yeah. Does that make that speak, sense? It does. It does. And it speaks to a, a concept I've been playing with lately. Ecom has a, a term called lifetime value, customer yes. lifetime value. Yeah. I'm sure it's in many industries. And we always think about it as like, how much is this person going to spend with us? But what you just talked about is the real, what I think is the real customer lifetime value. It's like, what value do you deliver to your customer's life? Mm-hmm. And it's like this, this dress, I'm sorry, I, I already dropped her name out of my, what's the name of the dress? Uh, Rachel Pally. Rachel Pally has delivered incredible lifetime value to you because she gave yeah. you the only dress you've ever had that's long enough to drag the floor. Like that is nailing lifetime value to me. And yeah. that's what we need to be doing as individual solopreneurs and brands. I want my clients to be doing the same thing where it's like, I have finally found the thing that does the thing I've wanted for all my life. Yeah. I will never let this go. And I'm going to scream it from the rooftop every that time part. I get a microphone because I love it so much. Yeah. That's like real lifetime value. That's, That's the real dollar figure value. does not matter. It's like, I am with you for life. That's lifetime value to me. And so when you think about, when you think about it from that standpoint, what lifetime value can you bring to this industry? Is it a change in mindset? How are they going to feel? Yeah, And it's just tapping into that. And like I said, I know you're able to push out the content and you have the voice for it and mm. you speak the language and mm. it, it's, it's something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So then give voice to that. For sure. And the more, and even talking about the, the, the companies that you are loyal to for those reasons, you're loyal to them because they do the regenerative. Uh, almost. almost. You get yeah. closer every time. <laughs> but you 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 support them because of that yeah so how does it make you feel personally right and so having them letting them know that this is how you guys affect people and you don't even know it and this is what needs to come across in your brand yes we appreciate the hard work but at the end of the day we are all selfish motherfuckers and it's all about yeah. me we are the janet jacksons what have you done for me lately so when your shit get off the farm what is it doing for me yeah and it, it, they have to understand that on some level. If they don't, it will forever be that struggle of fighting with the big stores. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fight you want. And I, my thing is, I want to, I want to stop seeing people survive and I want to see them thrive. Yes. And not enough small All businesses that. are thriving. Yes. Get them off the, oh, we need to make payroll this week yes. train and into the, let's get some explosive success here. Let's like that part generational success. A hundred percent that, that part. And it's, it's yeah. something is something that is near and dear to my heart, which is why I started at the solopreneur level. Let's start mm-hmm. over here. Let's build a brand around all of these things that you hold dear mm-hmm. and do not turn toxic on me. Cause I will, I promise you, I will <laughs> run you down. <laughs> But it's be, and, and this is why I can't work with people who like, oh, can you help me with my brand? I'm trying to make some money. I'm not. No, I'm not here for the mm, money. Yeah. 
I'm not here to you. I, I want you to make your money. Don't get that twisted. Yes, I want you to make all the money. That speaks to your success. But if that's the only reason you're doing this thing, I'm gonna need you to get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Seriously. Because what you're gonna end up doing is every dollar you make, you're gonna flaunt and you're gonna floss and you're gonna blow all your shit. Mm. Yeah. That's a very toxic culture we have going on right now on socials yes. where it's like the flex and the money and it's, oh, don't you want to run a course up? Because look at this Lamborghini I'm renting this weekend. Yep. I'm like yep. getting a penthouse suite to film for one weekend so you can get enough content to run you the rest of the year doing the cash, all that. It's like, Sometimes we gotta, we budget. have to do something more than this. There's And we're going to grow slower because we don't play that game because the flashy stuff is what sells to people, but that's also you flash and crash, right? That's yeah. not sustainable. You can't keep yeah. that going. And it's, it's why I do not promise a six figure dream. Now, once we become client and, 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 or our relationship is established, Oh, mm -hmm. trust and believe we're going to get some money because mm -hmm. I want you to be able to afford not only me, but at least three times of me. Cause there's no point you paying me if you're not making any money. Yeah. That's just common sense. And so when people are hiring you, it's still the same thing. I'm not here for the money, but damn it, if you're not making any, then I'm doing something wrong. Absolutely. But what we have to do is we have to get your brand loyalty up so we can get your brand equity up. But that starts with the brand awareness. And yep. if you have no brand, there is no awareness. I promise you. Mm. If you have no brand, there is no awareness. That's true words have never been spoken. So. Is is I I, I want to see you do this thing. I want to see you create this platform and start giving them some, be that resource to them of what it means to build a brand within this industry. Absolutely. I'm on it. I, I'm with you 100%. And it's uh, one of those things that sits in the back of my head, right? It's, um, I recently had a revelation. I, I always told myself, I don't really want the spotlight, right? It's like, I don't want to be in front of anybody. I don't want to be known for any... But it's not true. It's like, I actually want to be known for the right reasons. Yeah. I don't want to just be seen. I want to earn the right to be known and seen. So it's, I think this year is definitely focused on uh, building that platform, like you're saying. And I think staying laser focused on on what I'm talking about here is definitely going to be yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. And that 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 is something that we have to get comfortable with. Like I said, mm -hmm. I'm, I love being a behind the scenes person. I get resentful yeah. about it sometimes when you're giving the credit to the wrong person, but still I'm comfortable being a behind the scenes person. But the yeah. thing that you have to realize when you decide that you're going to be that, that face of your company for a while or forever, mm. it doesn't matter, but you have to recognize that <clears throat> you got to be famous for something. Yeah. And it's not saying that you have to be celebrity famous. You got to be famous to the right people. Right. Right. And yeah. that's what you're shooting for is it, I'm not telling you to be the, 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 you're not getting an Academy award for your shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you are getting, you, you need to be noticed by the right people, which means you have to be famous for that thing. And you yeah. being famous for a regenerative, oh, fuck it. So close. Fuck. Oh, I hate that word. I mean, moving it from my, from my vocabulary. <laughs> yes. But but you being you being that you giving voice to that seriously, yeah. you giving voice to that thing is what you're going to be famous for, and it's because you're the only one that's really talking about it. There are there are small pockets of it, but you're going to be that voice that brings all those pockets together, and it's like I'm over here, and yeah. this is what this company is doing, and this is how they're thriving, 
this is what this company is doing and this is how they're thriving. So when, but you, if you go and talk to them, they're not going to think it's a branded thing. They're going to think mm -hmm. we built relationships, but that's what branding is. Mm -hmm. People are loyal to you because you built that relationship because they know this whole thing stands for something. Mm -hmm. And that's what a brand is about. It stands for something. And whether you stand behind it, in front of it, wherever, as the owner, on the side of it, who gives a fuck? You're standing somewhere. Yeah. And everybody that stands alongside you stands for that same thing. That is yeah. fucking branding. So, yeah. Damn. You gave me a bunch of brain blasts just then. <laughs> <laughs> the the one that stands out though, the one it's uh I think we're kind of unique in our circles because so many brand people are designers first, right? It's yes. like they're brand identity people and they say, yes. Oh, we'll give you a logo, we'll give you the color palette, we'll give you all this stuff. Um, but we're not approaching it from that angle. It's really about like, who are you? What are you about? That's the deep brand. Yes. And it's, I think it's just so interesting how often brand is confused with forward facing identity. And we skipped the whole most important part in here in the heart. Yeah. And like, what is this actually about? What are we here to accomplish? And how do we make that core to everything we do? Yeah. Uh, and that's why I kind yeah. of threw that shit in the trash can in my memories. Mm -hmm. Because while I appreciate it and it has its place, it does not have its place at solopreneur level. Mm -hmm. So even, even with all the people that I've met through the future pro group, and I listen mm -hmm. to some of them, you guys are not at the, the, the company level. You don't need a mission statement. You need your own statement. You don't yeah. need a purpose. Your fucking purpose is that you got to pay your bills. That's enough <laughs> of a purpose. That's, that's a pretty. <laughs> okay. So, but then understanding that, that, you know what, there's something deeper there. When you dig down into the root of money problems, you mm. get down to the, to even with people who have money, when you get down to the root of it, it's so much more there. You know, yeah. I grew up broke. I know what it yeah. is. My mama had food stamps. I, I can tell that story, but I don't mm. because it is, it does not define me. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. My mama got a county check. It does mm -hmm. not define me. And so it's, it's with the understanding that what really does. I know I'm an empathetic person just because I cuss and I might cuss you out. You step at me the wrong way, but is, is I know who I am because I care about people. My mama taught me to care about people. My mama worked at Broadway. I, mean, I don't know if you're old enough or know what the, that story is, but my mama worked at Broadway. Anytime they had a sale. Oh, Helen was all up and through the store and mm. she was buying shit that did not fit any of us. But because there was a coat on sale for, for a dollar for a little girl, some little girls gonna need a, ja a jacket one day. My mom was going to make sure she got it. Mm -hmm. If somebody needed to eat, my mom was always going to fix somebody a plate here. Go take that plate over there. I was born and raised in LA, but why, when I tell y'all, I say I'm ghetto country. I was raised hood adjacent by country mama. I have Southern hospitality because it's what I was raised with. And so bringing that level of hospitality to the people that I serve, I don't have a problem with it. Mm. I'm not trying to do one to many. I get paid what I pay because I have no problem exchanging time for money. If you gonna make me sit the fuck down and work with you, you're going to pay me. That's for damn sure. But I promise you, you're going to get every piece of me that I can afford to put out. Mm -hmm. And I know it's the same for you because you care about this thing. You mm -hmm. care about this food and this market and this industry. Mm -hmm. And so when your clients get you, they're going to get more than they bargained for. They just don't know it yet. Mm, 100%. 100%. Your mother sounds like an excellent woman, by the way. Yeah, she was all right. She was my old lady. Yeah. <laughs> and But it's, 
it's it's all these things that that truly sit well with you that you yeah. want to bring into your brand the things that come from your heart that do not infringe on your life because the 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 whole point of having a personal brand is sweetie you can't cross this line unless i allow you mm-hmm. so it's it's if you if you decide that you want to talk to phyllis and you're talking to phyllis the wrong way sweetie this is all hood up in here i promise you <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you even need the warning. <laughs> I'm not. There's no debate on that. But is but is is even even knowing that, like I said, yeah. because I know that about myself. This is why the ghetto country grandmother ends here. The ghetto country grandmother will walk away. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking away, let me go. We don't need to continue this discussion. And this is whether you're a client, a potential client, a vendor, whatever. Ghetto country is walking away. Let me walk away. Mm. And so when grandma's house becomes its own thing, you know what? I'm going to send you over here to talk to this other person because me and you Mm. are not communicating. And I'm okay with that. And that's why at the end of all my shit, I say I love you. And ain't a damn thing because you can't make me stop loving you. I don't like you right now. (laughs) But we still cool. Yeah. I know how to be civil. Mm-hmm. but we will not take up space together and so like i say sweetie i i think you have an amazing um potential to do some great things and i think you have the voice and the wherewithal and the bandwidth mm-hmm. to make some serious impact on some shit and so that being your thing and that coming from your heart that's what's going to make your brand all the better and anybody that steps into your space in your world as you hire as you bring on staff they're going to have that same heart because Mm. people are going to want to work with you because you're doing that thing. It's not saying that you won't get some bad apples along the way, but the majority of the people that work with you and for you, it's going to be about that heart. That's your DNA. I appreciate that. I appreciate that deeply. No problem. No problem. So we about done right here. What you got? What you got? I got, I mean, I, any visit to Brahma's house, this is my first visit to Brahma's house. Honestly, it's amazing that we haven't had any one-to-one time and like, I guess it's been a year since I've, we've come across each other Yes. and, uh, this has been everything and more, you know, like Brahma's house is real. I love being in here. This is the real (laughs) shit. This is the real shit, man. I'm coming out here feeling inspired, feeling like I got to live up to some pretty lofty expectations, but I'm ready for it. I love it. It's fantastic. All right, sweet. Well, tell whoever's listening and all that kind of stuff, how they can find you and what they're going to find you for. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Instagram, I am wolf underscore feasting on LinkedIn. You can find me as Wolf Howard. That's where I do most of my uh, talking because <laughs> I talk a <laughs> lot. I love writing. Um, and then my website is wearefeasting.com. If you're looking for help with e-commerce brand strategy and you're a food and beverage entrepreneur, looking to make the food culture in America just the slightest bit better or magnificently better, whatever it may be. I love it. I love it. All right, brand babies, that's all we got for you today. So y'all know I got to blow us up. So five, bullshit happens. So suck it up. Four, your voice is important. So speak up. Three, you make the world a more beautiful place. So show up. Two, life is good. So buck up. And one, I love you and ain't a damn thing you can do about it. So shut the fuck up. 
Peace and hair grease, y'all. All right, brand babies. We appreciate you stopping by because we know you got shit to do. Just remember to subscribe on your way out and bring a friend next time. Now, in the meantime and in between time, stay connected with GCB on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at GC Brand Mother. You can also follow Brand Moss House on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. The links are in the description. So until next time, brand like it's nobody's business.